also say this while you're looking for the scripture. Someone brought to my attention today, um, and I thought this, this is pretty powerful, I think. Um, I remember Sunday we had at Chris holding that, that picture up, and uh, it, very beautiful. I, I want to make sure nobody else thought, or here's what I, I assume when one person thinks it, a lot of people probably think the same thing. So I want to make sure I clarify it. I wasn't trying to do any kind of idolatry, which is, which is why I said close your eyes. Remember that? Just to imagine. Because I, I figure if, if one person thinks it, a lot of people think the same thing. And uh, so I want to just clear that up. I wasn't trying to do that. Um, but, and I, I'm so thankful. I'm so, so thankful that th- things are brought to my attention like that because probably people online think that and all kind of stuff that happens. So just want to make that clear. Amen? Amen. We're worshiping God. Y'all in Luke 13? Chapter 10? Oh, I'm not. Lord, I'm I'm still in Psalm 20. Luke 13, verse 10. Hallelujah. Okay. This is a very familiar story. Let's look at it and we'll get some things out of it tonight. Luke 13, 10, now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and behold, there was a woman who had what? Spirit of infirmity, 18 years, and, a, and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, woman, you are loose from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Tonight, God, we thank you for the opportunity we have to hear and receive your word. I pray that each heart is open, every eye is open, every ear is open to receive what you have to say to us tonight. Speak from heaven. I pray for your anointing to be heavy upon me to minister the word of God, that anointing that destroys yokes and removes burdens, O God. And I pray that every person who receives the word will allow it to penetrate the soul of their hearts, that it may produce the harvest from the seed of the word that you sent it to produce. Let it be so unto us. In Jesus' name, we do pray. Amen. And amen. All right, tonight I want to talk on this subject, loose from financial infirmity, loose from financial infirmity. Now, I'm, gonna, I'm saying this because, you know, I've told you, Sunday, you know, that's, that's a lane that I, that I roll in. But, you know, you can take the word, and if I'm preaching on finances, you can still take your need for every area of your life at the same time. So you don't have to hear it exclusively for finances. You can hear it for whatever area of life you need it to, to, to apply to. You got it? Remember, I, we looked at Job 36, verse 11, right? Where it says, uh, if, you obey, if they obey and serve him, they will spend, or we will spend our days in what? Prosperity and what? Our years in pleasures. This implies that this is a lifestyle for us. Prosperity and pleasures is a lifestyle. Prosperity and pleasures is a lifestyle, which means that we're supposed to be, if you allow this, chronically blessed. Somebody say, I'm chronically blessed. <laughs> you know, I was thinking when I shared a testimony Sunday with y'all about how, uh, you know, I was in a barbershop and a lady hands me $150. I was waiting on somebody to say, that happens to me all the time. Thank you. Okay, you got it. You got it. All right. You know, we, got, we speak those things. Call things that be not as though they were. 
And so we're, we're, when we're chronically blessed, that means uh, you're, you're, you experience blessings all the time. These blessings shall come on you and overtake you. God is always, uh, the Bible says that he daily loads us with benefits. Right? So we're supposed to experience God's blessings, God's favor, God's goodness every day. Psalm 65, 11 says that he crowns his year. He crowns the year with his goodness. So we're supposed to experience God's favor, God's goodness, God's blessings all the time. Chronically blessed. Say, I'm chronically blessed. blessed. Yet many people in the body of Christ are experiencing chronic sicknesses, chronic illness, chronic lack, chronic brokenness. I know that's not a word. But people are experiencing chronic uh, trouble. Not living a life where they're spending their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. And and God has given me a word. uh, This part of my message is to help fix that for the body of Christ. Can y'all receive that tonight? And so uh, I, I pray, I trust, I mean, y'all just, just in, in fact, just indulge me for a moment. Hopefully your lives have been changed already in this ministry. Just in the t- short time you've been around, that your life, you've, you've, you've grown and you've matured and, and you're not the same place you were financially or in your marriage or in your health where you were three years ago or five years ago or ten years ago. You're growing, right? Now, 3 John chapter 1, verse 2. Y'all know that one, right? 3 John chapter 1, verse 2, where the Bible says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper, this is the King James, and be in health even as thy soul or your soul prospers. So I want you to, this is my wish, that you, above all things, that you will prosper and be in health, but notice the connection here, even as... Your soul prospers. Now, let's switch to the New King James for me, please. Give me New King James on that same verse, please. Hallelujah. Because this this is going to go back to what I said to you earlier about as you listen to me tonight, I want you to hear for your situation. You might be doing fine financially, but your marriage is a wreck. You might be doing fine financially, but your health is under attack. So whatever it is that that you need the, the word of the Lord in, hear for that area. But I still want you to hear financially because none of us are where God wants us to be yet. I don't care how well off we may be, none of us are where God wants us to be. So notice what it says is, beloved, I pray you may prosper in all things. So this word applies to every area of your life. Prosper in all things. Is marriage a thing? Is parenting a thing? Is running a business a thing? Is, is, Is ministry a thing? So prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. So notice that your prosperity in every area of your life is tied to the status or the state of your soul. Hallelujah. If your marriage is a wreck, there's a problem in your soul. If your health is a wreck, Hello, lights. There's a problem in your soul. If your finances are a wreck, there's a problem in your soul. If your prayer life is a wreck, there's a problem in the soul. Because you prosper in all things just as your soul prospers. Now, I know y'all have heard this before, but just indulge me for a minute. Just as your soul prospers. 
prosperous. So everything about your life, your prosperity, your success is tied to the status, the condition, the health of your soul. A healthy soul will bring a healthy life. A healthy soul will bring healthy finances. A healthy soul or two healthy souls will bring a healthy marriage. Hallelujah. Healthy souls in a household will bring about a healthy family. Hallelujah. Is this clear enough to you? So we need to be healthy in our souls. We need to be healthy in our souls. We need to be healthy in our souls. Y'all got this here. Okay, now. Let's look at something here. I want you to go back to John 5. We've been looking at that. John 5. Okay? So I want you to see here that your prosperity, your health, your righteousness, your success, all of the divine blessings of God, all the divine graces of God are processed through your soul. Yes, sir. Your soul is the processing plant. For the things of God. You're, listen to me. Every time you hear me, even if I'm yelling on Sunday like I was, y'all still came back. Even if I'm yelling, your spirit knows that what I'm saying is from the word and it's right. Your spirit knows you need this. But the resistance happens in the soul. And your spirit, you, you can rejoice in your spirit when, when you hear a prophetic word. Like, again, when, when, when Prophet Smith came and he, 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 he preached like a train wreck through here. And your, your spirit gets excited. Woo, you're happy. But you got to go home and it still has a process through your soul. Because if, if it doesn't process properly through your soul, you have to wait until the next meeting. To try to get your spirit hyped again. Y'all got this here. Okay, so I want to show you tonight through some scriptures here that, that um, God wants to deal with our souls and bring healing to our souls. Are you in John 5? Okay, let me get over there. John 5, and we've been looking at this story. Remember this man laid there at what the Bible calls a pool of Bethesda, right, having five porches. Verse 3, verse 3. And these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed. So remember I went through that on Sunday about sick, what it meant to be sick. And remember I, I tied all this to finances. Okay, but again, these same words, these same definitions can tie to any area of your life. Okay? So in that, around that pool there were sick people they, they were weak in their bodies. It said there were blind people. I showed you blind, that word meant blind uh, physically or even mentally blind which means you lack a revelation. You lack enlightenment. You lack the light of the word of God hitting your heart. Hallelujah. And then we saw uh, they're lame. Lame. King James used the word halt, which means you're stuck. How long halt you between two opinions, double-minded? That means your soul's not settled on the word of God yet. Y'all remember that? Then we used, you saw the word paralyzed. Paralyzed means not able to move or function. Not able to move or function. So that means you're stuck wherever you are. You may not be stuck down in the bottom in the pit. You may be stuck on a higher level, but you're still stuck. Amen? You, you, can't, you can't go to the next level. How many of y'all believe God wants you to go to the next level in your life? In every area of your life. All right? But you can be stuck at the level where you are now. 
And so they're here paralyzed, uh, sick, blind, lame, and paralyzed, and notice they're waiting for the moving of the water. Okay, now I won't deal with that tonight. We dealt with that on Sunday. But I want you to see here, let's move down, please, to verse 4. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease. See the word disease? But I want you to see it as disease, something that takes away your ease, eases comfort, something that makes you uncomfortable, right? He had, okay, so he's healed of whatever disease he had. Now look at verse 5. This is the main character in this story here. Well, outside of Jesus. <laughs> okay. Verse 5. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. We don't, know, we don't know the man's name. We know that this man was there 38 years. Verse 6 says Jesus saw him lying there, knew he had already been there a long time in that condition, which means Jesus had seen him. Every time he went to the, to the temple, every time he, he was there at the pool, he saw this man. But notice the condition he, that we, we uh, see in verse 5. He had an infirmity. How long? 38 years. 38 years right? Now, if you remember, I gave you that word infirmity in the Greek. And I want you to see that again, this word infirmity in the Greek. Strong's uh, G769, asthenia, asthenia which means lack of strength, okay? Weakness. Now, this is what the man has. Remember, we saw around the pool, sick, blind, lame, paralyzed. But it caused this man, said he had an infirmity, which means his, his, he was either sick or blind or lame or paralyzed. But the Bible tells us why. I want you to see, this is very important. This, this is going to be a revelation for somebody. It tells us why. Because he had an infirmity. And you can easily say, well, the infirmity means he had a sickness, but I'm going to show you deeper tonight. And when you see it, it's going to get you out. <laughs> so he had an infirmity 38 years. That word infirmity means lack of strength, Weakness, infirmity of the body. It means it's native sickness, native weakness and frailty, feebleness of health or sickness. But look at this part, and this is going to be our focus here. Of the soul, lack of strength and capacity requisite or required to understand a thing. So in his soul, he didn't have the capacity to understand some things. See, we're going to deal with your infirmity tonight. We're going to deal with what's blocking your wealth from manifesting in life. We're going to deal with what's blocking your marriage from being a marriage made in heaven. We're going to deal with what's blocking health from flowing through your life. See, we've made sickness just normal, but that's, sickness is not normal for a believer. Y'all didn't catch it. Disease is not normal for a believer. We're in a new class. We're in a new category. We're in a new species. See? And some of y'all looking confused now. You know why? Because there's an infirmity in your soul. And I'm going to rub it right out tonight. I'm going to get that infirmity out your soul. Right Woo-hoo. 
So lack of strength and capacity requisite to understand a thing, to understand, to comprehend something. Then it says the next uh, point of lack in the soul is to do things great and glorious. To do something great and glorious. To, to, to do something uh, beyond the norm, beyond the average, beyond the mediocre, beyond your natural capacity. Notice that happens in the soul. When people do great achievements in this earth, they've done some work in their souls. There's something that makes people, some people do great exploits and others just do the average mundane thing their whole lives. People never achieve. You know, you ever heard of somebody called an overachiever? People who are overachievers, it means because you look at their natural uh, makeup and you see, well, they can only go this far. And they, they may say, yeah, I know, natural, I can only go this far. But I, I, I got hold of something on the inside and I achieved way beyond what my natural uh, proclivity was. So to do things great and glorious, then the next thing. Uh, the lack of strength and, and capacity to restrain corrupt desires, those things that come along that come to ruin what's on the inside of you. I won't mess with you on that. <laughs> Lastly, to bear trials and troubles. So this man, the Bible says, had this man who had an infirmity. He had an infirmity, 38 years. 38 years of struggle. 38 years of suffering, 38 years of pain. 38 years. Now imagine these, these guys, are, he's been like this, so you know his financial condition. You know he's begging, too. Remember in, in the book of Acts chapter 3, this man who uh, laid at the gate beautiful? The Bible says he had been uh, a lame from his mother's womb. Lame from his, I mean, in the womb he was lame. That tells you the condition that God sees in the womb. He was already lame in the womb. And he was laid at the gate beautiful to beg for alms every day. Because when you're lame, you're a beggar. This is his condition. Are y'all seeing this here? So this man, I want you to see what he's doing. 38 years in this condition. Y'all got it? Now that's not what God wants. Now look at this. Look at this. Verse 6. When Jesus saw him lying there. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? Now, again, that seems to be a, and uh, if you allow this, uh, me to say this about, uh, even though Jesus said this, it seems to be an idiotic question. To see a man who has an infirmity, he's laid around this pool, all is sick and blind and lame and paralyzed folk, and he asked them, do you want to be made well? Like, duh, of course. But Jesus is getting to the root of his issue. He's trying to find out what's the issue in his soul. Why have you been here this long in that condition? Why have you been this way so long? And that's God's question for his people. Why have you been in that condition? Why have you been battling that condition? Why have you been on that level so long? 
Do you want to get well? Do you want your marriage fixed? Do you want your life changed? Do you want to be healthy? Can you ever see yourself being healthy? Can you see yourself coming out of debt? Can you see yourself walking in prosperity? Do, do you want this? You think what God would like? God, of course, God, you know I do. Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know I love you. Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know I Peter, do you love me? He's getting to the root of it. If you really love me, why you do what you do? Peter, if you really love me, why did you go back to fishing? You had not made the quality decision. I didn't tell you to go to fishing. I, tell you, I told you from now on you will be fishers of men. Why did you go back to fishing for fish? I, I got to get to what's going on in your soul, Peter. And we know something's going on in Peter's soul because the Bible says in John 21, where that story happens, Peter, he looked at all the disciples and says, you know what, guys? I'm going back to fishing. He didn't know what happened to Jesus. And he's, I'm going back to fishing. So something's in his soul going on. So when Jesus comes back, hey, do you love me? Plus, Peter had gone through the whole, you know, denying Jesus whole episode. You remember that? It's messing with his soul. So there's a, there's a, uh, remember this word, there's a guilt in his soul. There's a guilt in Peter's soul that he hasn't dealt with. That won't let him walk in his new purpose. Won't let him walk in the new divine assignment that he's been given from the Lord. And rather than walk in the newness of life, he goes right back to his old life. He resorts right back to his old way of living. He goes right back to his old, old way of making a living. He goes right back from God taking care of him. Peter, when I sent y'all out, did you lack anything? No. But now he goes back to trying to make his own living. Because his soul is in a battle. And I'm trying to get you to understand that the reason why so many of us don't ever step into the fullness of what God has for us is because there's something the devil has brought into our souls that we're in a battle with and we, we cannot step into what God has for us because this battle is going on in the soul. Can you say amen? So this man has been dealing with this a long time and Jesus asked him, do you want to be, be made well? Now listen, let's, let's, we're we going to make this really clear. Go from the New King James. Give me the King James Version on verse 6, please. The King James Version. King James Version. Because this is going to spell it out. It's going to make it so clear. Y'all going to be like, oh, my God. Matter of fact, just practice. Just say, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Do it Pauline's way. My God. <laughs> verse 6. You see in the King James, it says, when Jesus saw him lie, lying there, and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The word wilt is, we would use the word will, W-I-L-L. -L. Will you be made whole? So the moment he said, Will you be made whole? We now know, if you know your Bible, we're talking about a soul issue. Not just, you know, are you, are you hurting, are you in pain, you know, do you want this to be fixed. No, will you, is it your will to be made whole? 
Is it your will to be made whole? Now watch this. That word wilt from the King James, uh, the Greek word thelo, thelo, means to will, to have in mind, intend, that's a decision, to be resolved or determined to purpose, to desire, and to wish. He's asking this man, do you have it in mind? Now, you know, you know, you know how the soul works. We've already, we're using all these soul words right here. Your mind and your will. We know, we know we're talking about what's in your soul. Everybody say, I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. Say, my spirit and my soul are not the same, but they must work together. 1 Thessalonians 5.23, uh, Paul says, I, I want you to be preserved, spirit, soul, and body, blameless. So we, our spirit, soul, and body, we're just like the triune God. We operate like that, spirit, soul, and body, but they must work together. So the word comes to my spirit. I got to process through my soul for it to manifest in my body. It comes, the word comes to my spirit. I must process it through my soul for it to manifest in my body or in the natural. Got it? Okay, so he says to him, I'm back on this word, wilt, velo, to will, to have in mind, to intend, to be resolved, to be resolved or determined, to purpose, to desire, to wish. So are you determined to be made whole? Are you resolved? Which means, have you worked out all the issues? Have you stopped? Have you finally um, uh, settled the argument in your mind? Have you left your double-minded state? Have you left uh, your wishy-washy thinking? Have you settled in your mind, I'm going to be healthy? I'm going to be whole. You see, you got to guess this, ladies and gentlemen. Your, your soul, your soul is the filter. Just like your kidney. In, in the Hebrew, you'll see the word nefesh, right? For, for soul. It's the same word we get uh, nephrologist. For your kidney. That's when you, you have a kidney issue, you visit a nephrologist. Your soul is the kidney of your existence. It's the exact same word. Everything you receive from God must be flushed through your soul. And your spirit is in alignment with God, prayerfully, right? You're born again. Your spirit, your spirit is one with God. But what you hear from God, whether it's the written word or the spoken word, the preached, uh, prophesied word, must now filter through your soul to get to manifesting in your life. Y'all getting this here? Hallelujah. So Jesus is dealing with this man's soul. This is not some surfacy question. Do you want to be made well? He's dealing with the issue in the man's soul. Listen to this. The will is a functional compartment of the soul. The will 
is a functional compartment of the soul. Your soul is comprised of your mind, your will, and your emotions. All right, your mind, that's your thinker. Your will, that's your chooser. Your emotions, that's your feeler. Somebody hurt your feelings, it's a soul issue. When you want to snap your fingers, it's something in your soul. Right? Where you make decisions is in your soul. It's, It's your will. Now, let's go back to this man in John 5 and look what the Bible says about him. Verse 5. Now, a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. So I I submit to you that whatever his sickness was, was there because of his infirmity. Now, you you can process this however you want to. I submit to you that the infirmity was not the sickness. The infirmity is the cause of what allowed the sickness, the blind, because in that first list, the Bible never mentioned people with infirmities. It just mentioned sick, blind, lame, paralyzed. So he had to be in one of those categories, but now the Holy Spirit identifies, here's why he's in that condition. Because he had an infirmity. This is going to help you. I said this is going to help you. Go to Luke 13. Go to Luke 13. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, my. Are you there in Luke 13 yet? A very familiar story. We read it earlier, but you you hear about it all the time. Woman thou art loose. There's been whole conferences. Woman thou art loose. The reason people got to go Next year to woman thou art loose. Again, they got to keep going to woman thou art loose, and now they got to go to evolve because they never deal with the soul issue. They get hyped on a good word in their spirit, but if you don't deal with the soul issue, you got to go back next year to try to get loose again and again and again. 38 years, this man had some sort of physical illness, physical condition. And I submit to you, it's because of his infirmity. <laughs> Are you in Luke 13? Verse 10. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. So what's the condition that she had? What? She was bent over. (laughs) She was bent over and couldn't raise herself up. Some sort of, um, wasn't a paralysis, it could be a scoliosis. In other words, how it appeared in the natural. But it starts out first by telling us she had an, a spirit of infirmity 18 years and, and was bent over and could in no wise raise herself up. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go further and I'm going to come back, okay? Go to verse 12. I'm going to go to verse 12 and 13. 
But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, woman, you are loose from your infirmity. So she's healed, right? Wrong. Look at verse 13. And he laid his hands on her. See, if, if she had been healed just by from the infirmity being loose, he wouldn't have had to lay his hands on her. See, I need you if, you, if you see this, if you see this, it'll turn your whole life around. He loosened from the infirmity, he said, and then he laid hands on her, and she was made straight. She wasn't made straight until he laid hands on her. Now, if you let me, I'll show you this here in the next few minutes, and we'll get out of here, that, that she wasn't able to, she would not have been able to receive the healing virtue until she was loose from the infirmity. Is this starting to click in your mind? That we made the infirmity the issue, the sickness. But it wasn't. <laughs> now go back to, to verse, verse uh, 10. Verse 10. He's teaching in the, one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. So the lady's in the right place. The right time, she's faithful, but she's got an issue. <laughs> Coming to church, uh, Sabbath, synagogue every Sabbath. 18 years, she got an issue. And you don't think people have prayed for her? They, they knew prayer back then. They didn't, this prayer wasn't new. They knew that healing belonged to the children of, of God. They knew that. They knew healing was the children. They knew that. But she never got delivered. Because people were trying to deal with the symptom, the condition, the outward sign. But Jesus, just like he came and to that man in John 5, he dealt with the soul. Do you want to be well? Will you be made whole? I got to deal with that soul, that infirmity in your soul. That weakness in your soul, that lack of strength or capacity to understand a thing. Your inability to receive something. And once I can deal with that inability to receive something and get you to see it a different way, now you're positioned to receive. So, so, verse 11, verse 11, verse 11. And behold, there was a woman who had what now? Say it again. Say it again. A spirit. a spirit of infirmity. How long? Okay, now I'm going to submit something to you. Don't take me to make this doctrine. This is not doctrine. This is just me contending and just arousing your thought on something. It says she had a spirit of infirmity. Jesus says, woman, you are loose from your infirmity. He didn't say, woman, thou art loose from your spirit of infirmity. He said, woman, you are loose from your infirmity. But the Bible says she had a spirit of infirmity. So what's, what's, the, what's the, the disconnect here? Because shouldn't, shouldn't he have cast the spirit out? Because this, it wasn't, I, I submit, it wasn't a demon spirit. 
Oh, my. Well, Pastor, what, is, what about when the Bible says whom Satan has bound? Loaded 18 years later on in that chapter. Yes, Satan is, all demons are, de they're, they're spirit beings. But where do they work? In your soul. Demons don't work in your spirit. Demons work in your soul. They work in your mind. They work in your will. They work in your emotions. Demons have the ability to come and drop a thought, a doctrine of a demon, and leave, and you still pondering that doctrine. Oh, Lord. That's why you got to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So let's, let's look at this here. She had, go back to verse 11. Verse 11. It says she had a spirit of infirmity. Now that word spirit in the Greek word, in Greek is the word pneuma. Pneuma. Look at what it means. The spirit, in other words, the vital principle by which the body is animated. The rational spirit, the power by which the human being feels, thinks, decides the soul. You look it up yourself. I didn't make this up. You just look it up in your own concordance. Exactly what it says. <laughs> You're a pneuma. She had a spirit of infirmity. The vital principle by which the body is animated. It's what makes you you. God breathed into man. And man became a living soul. In other words, he would have been just a lump of clay until God breathed in him. And all of a sudden, he's alive. Your soul makes you alive. And it says, the rational spirit, the power by which the human being feels, thinks, decides. That's your feel, your thinker, your chooser. That's your will, your mind, your emotions. And it says right in your concordance, look it up for yourself. It says, the soul. So I submit to you that this woman who the Bible says had a spirit of infirmity it doesn't mean that there was a, a, a demon, a sickness demon that was controlling this woman's life. She had an infirmed spirit, an infirmed soul. Her own soul was infirmed. Her own soul was weak. Her own soul was sick. And be, when your own soul is weak, when your own soul is sick, the devil can easily come in and bring any condition, and you have nothing from which to fight it. And it applies to your finances. It applies to your marriage. It applies to ministry. It applies to every area of your life. If you have a weakened, sickened, Infirm soul, no matter what the devil brings to you, you have nothing with which to fight. Ah, uh, glory God. I know, I know. I, I don't, the wheels of your brains, they're grinding. I hear them grinding, grinding, grinding. Look at this, Proverbs 18, 14, in the King James Version. Proverbs 18, 14. Let's look at some, some verification of this. Proverbs 18, 14, King James. 
King James, glory to God. The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity. Y'all missed that. The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity. Now, I know we're used to the new King James version of that, but I want you to see the King James version here. That your spirit will sustain or maintain your infirmity. So if your spirit, or remember in the Hebrew, in the Hebrew, soul and spirit, same thing. Old Testament, we didn't, there was no uh, difference between soul and spirit. Nobody knew that. Y'all understand that? Our spirits weren't made alive till Christ came. Died and rose again. So we say, see the word spirit here, we can say soul. So your soul will sustain your infirmity. So if your soul is weak, it'll maintain your sickness for you. Here comes someone, they're going to lay hands. And, and if your soul ain't ready, it's, it's, it's going to, no. Mm-hmm. In other words, your soul is going to keep your sickness on cruise control. Mm-hmm. You come in the house of God and prophetic word comes about financial blessings and rivers flowing in your life. And you get all excited, but your soul, your soul says, uh-uh, bring it back, bring it back, bring it back. I got I to maintain this cruise control about your poverty, your lack. I heard somebody tell me this morning uh, that, that they were raised to be poor. <laughs> and, and you know what? Most of us were. Most of us were raised to be poor. Just raised to be poor. Now, nobody wanted to be, but the conditions we were in and, and trained, you were raised to be poor. And your soul will maintain that. And all of a sudden, here comes a thousand extra dollars into your hand, and your soul says, ooh, no, they're going too fast. Um, back it up, back it up. Y- y'all, y'all have cruise control in your cars? <laughs> and you, when you lose that, that cruise control, and you might want to speed up a little bit to go around somebody, you take your foot off the gas, and it's going to bring you right back. Your soul will maintain your current level. This woman had a spirit or infirm soul for 18 years. And it says she could in no way raise herself up. Why? Because the real inner man, her real inner self wouldn't let it happen. It doesn't matter what revelation you get, what prophetic word is released. Doesn't matter if you get seven people to lay hands on you and they're all anointed. If your soul maintains that you're supposed to have this, and I'm gonna, I'll tell you why in a moment, because there's some sort of guilt or condemnation or pre-programming in your life, your soul will not let you receive that newness of life. Jesus. Your soul won't let you receive newness of life. And most of God's people are walking around today with an infirm soul. We can get excited and holler and run and shout, but when, when, when the rubber meets the road, the soul is just infirm. I'm stuck. I'm tired of this. 
Yeah, but tired don't get you out of it. Tired don't change nothing. That soul, that soul, when, when, when you should be happy, your marriage is supposed to be happy, or even some new person comes in your life, you you looking for somebody. And here comes Mr. Wonderful, here comes Miss Glory, comes into your life, and your soul is infirm. Your, your infirm soul won't let you receive. They're being nice. Why are they being so nice? They're too nice. It's an infirm soul. You're broken on the inside. And it'll maintain your singleness. You should have been married 10 years ago, but your soul will maintain your singleness. It'll sustain you in singleness. What's that bad attitude? It's the infirm soul. It's the infirm soul. That's what it is. You don't have three proposals and, and I mean, everything, and just. <clears throat> you mean nobody any good? It ain't that they're no good. The reason why the children of Israel could not go into the promised land in that first group was because they had infirm souls. Matter of fact, their souls were so infirm, when Moses first came and gave them the word about God, going to take them in, the Bible says they would not even hear him because of the hard labor that they had been under. Their souls were so infirm, they couldn't even receive the prophetic word about the promised land. And it sustained them in the wilderness. They should only been in the wilderness seven days, 11 days, but they were sustained there for 40 years. 40 years, what should have been 11 days, but their soul just wouldn't. You should be wealthy by now. You should be healthy by now. Marriage should be glorious by now. Your children should be, I mean, just shining bright by now. You should be flowing in your ministry by now. You're walking in your calling, your assignment by now. But the infirm soul sustains you in one day. One day. You know, one day. One day. One day. One day. Boy, boy, one day. Boy, one day. Remember that? They were sitting there waiting on the moving of the water. One day. They were waiting on one day. The man was in front of me. They were waiting on one day. And, and many of God's people, they stuck in the one day. Boy, one day. One day. And God said, man, your one day was 17 years ago. I, had, I, I came with your answer 17 years ago, but your soul was so out of whack. Your soul was so infirm. You missed your one day, two day, three day, 12 day, 25 day. You missed all your days because you were infirm in your soul. And I'm trying to snatch you out of that. Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be made well? 
Wilt thou be made whole? Wilt thou be made prosperous? Will you walk in your prosperity? Will you walk in your ministry? Will you walk in your anointing? Will you walk in your calling? Will you walk in your assignment? Will you be blessed? Will God use you in your life? God says, I want to. I want to bless you. I want to use you. But I need you to come into agreement with me and let me heal your soul. You can step into what I have for you in your life. Proverbs 17.22. Proverbs 17.22. Oh, Jesus. It says, a merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. You look at the words heart and spirit, they come, both the Hebrew words that they use include the words soul or mind and will. So a merry soul, we could say. But a broken soul dries bones. Remember, 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 you remember in that in John 5. Remember in John 5, there were people there who were who were sick, who were lame. And the King James says they were halt, they were blind, they were halt, and it used the last word withered. The word withered, you look up in the Greek, it means to have dried up. So when you have a broken spirit, an infirmity in your soul, that's how you end up dried up. See, again, we, we've been looking at infirmity as the condition. Infirmity was the cause. The infirmity of the soul is the cause. Jesus. Am I right about it? I know they're looking up. They're going to verify. They're going to they they fact check me. I like these fact checkers in politics, man. They fact check me. Make sure I'm telling the truth on this here. Somebody say, my soul. So to walk in divine health, to walk in prosperity, to walk in divine purpose, to walk in divine vision, to walk in God's divine blessings, we, need, we must be healed in our souls. Go to Psalm 41. Let's try to wind this down. Psalm 41. Ooh-wee. I appreciate that. Psalm 41. Are you there? Psalm number 41, verse 1. <clears throat> Blessed is he who considers the poor. Is that you? The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. The Lord will preserve him and keep him alive. And he will be blessed on the earth, not on the other side, on the earth. That's good right there, isn't it? You will not deliver him to the will of his enemies. The Lord will strengthen him on his bed of illness. You will sustain him on his sickbed, which means you'll keep him or you'll support him. Verse 4, I said, Lord, be merciful to me. Heal my soul. Why am I on my sickbed? Lord, heal my soul. Lord, I'm hurt. Matter of fact, 
keep going. I, I, oh, man, I, I might not finish all this. Just watch, watch this because I, I wasn't going to read the whole thing. But I need to read the whole thing because I want you to see some reasons why you might be hurt. Why your soul might not be functioning right. Why your spiritual kidneys might not be functioning right and letting the light of God's word pass through you. He said, uh, Lord, be merciful to me. He said, heal my soul, one, for I have sinned against you. See that? I have sinned against you. So I'll deal with sin later, okay? He says, verse 5, let's see another reason, some other reason why the soul might be in trouble. My enemies speak evil of me. Can you see this? When will he die and his name perish? And if he comes to see me, he speaks lies. You, you see how your soul can get hurt right here? His heart gathers iniquity to itself. When he goes out, he tells it. In other words, my, my people who visit me go and tell my business. So my soul, I feel some kind of way. Because folk going, they, they claim they're coming to see me, but they're actually coming to, to uh, fish. They're going fishing in my life. They're they fishing for information. They're fishing for my condition. They're going out telling my business somewhere. So nat naturally, the soul starts to feel some kind of way. Lord, heal my soul. I've been talking about butte, scone, show nothing. Verse 7, verse 7, you see, watch, watch the man's condition of his soul while he's, while he's dealing with this. All who hate me whisper together against me. Against me they devise my hurt. Verse 8, an evil disease, they say, clings to him. And now that he lies down, he will rise up no more. Verse 9, watch this. It's about to really get needed to the gritty. Even my own familiar friend, my best, my ace boon coon. In whom I trusted. Who we brought bread together, my brother. Has lifted up his heel against me. Can you see why his soul is in trouble? Why his soul is infirm? Why his soul is going crazy? Because his best friends, his compadres have turned on him. But you, oh Lord, please be merciful to me and raise me up. That I may get some gift back. That I may repay them. By this I know that you are well pleased with me because my enemy does not triumph over me. But notice his request is, Lord, heal my soul. Go, go back to verse 4. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against you. Go to Isaiah 51. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Psalm 51. Psalm 51. Glory to God. Let me speed up and finish this here. Psalm 51. Glory to God. Verse 1. Let me know you get there by saying Hallelujah. Have mercy. I'll read it while y'all getting there. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. This is the same guy who wrote 41. Remember he said, heal me, heal my soul, uh, forgive me of my sins. So I want you to see that sin is a major issue that'll cause infirmity in your soul. That'll make it hard for you to receive and walk into the things of God. Glory to God. Verse 2, verse 3, verse 3. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. Drop down to verse 10. Drop down to verse 10. Watch, 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 watch his request. Create in me. A what? Now, he doesn't know anything about the spirit man being the heart. He's talking about his soul. 
Their Old Testament, they don't know the difference between spirit and soul and the heart. They don't know that. So he's saying, clean my soul out. <laughs> Renew a steadfast spirit, a steadfast soul in me. Do not cast me away from your presence. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Verse 12, restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners shall be converted to you. Verse 14, hallelujah. Deliver me. Are you seeing this here? Are you seeing what the major issue David says I'm having why I can't step into what God wants me to do? Right now he says, God, I need you to heal my soul. I need you to deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed. Oh God, the God of my salvation. And now my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. So I can't even praise right until you heal my soul. Y'all, I see y'all praising. I see y'all singing. I see y'all see y'all jumping. I see y'all clapping. I see y'all dancing. I, I can't even get into it. Why? Why? Because my my soul is just my soul. My soul is just not right. I, I, I've done some things. I've said some things. I've been somewhere. I, I'm guilty of some things, and and I ask God to forgive me, but I, I haven't felt it yet. I have not received that forgiveness. So I, even when you preach a man of God, I just I just can't receive what you're saying. I want to. I want to, but my soul won't let me because I got this guilt in me. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. Sin and guilt will weaken your soul. Sin and guilt will weaken your soul. Can I, can I show you this here? Oh, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to let you go here in a second. Remember John 5. Y'all off tomorrow? They're going to cancel class and everything tomorrow, all right? Remember John 5? The man, the Bible says, he had an infirmity. Right? Go, go back to John, put John 5. Let's go back to John 5, right around verse 5. I think it is, verse 5 or 5, 6, somewhere over there. Somewhere around there. I, I want to make sure we quote it right. John 5, verse 5. Now, a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. Now, we know it's manifesting in sickness, blindness, lameness, or paralysis. He had an infirmity 38 years. Verse 6, verse 6, verse 6, Jesus saw him lying there, and he said, do you want to be made well? Do you want to be whole? Okay. Verse 7, the sick man talks about what problem he has, and he don't have any man to help him out, and Jesus ain't anything about that. Verse 8, verse 8, verse 8, Jesus said to him, rise, take me your bed, and walk. And immediately, verse 9, the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. Now, go to verse 14. Oh, somebody saw it. See, I heard, the, oh, my goodness. The lights just went off for somebody. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, see, you have been made well. See that. Now sin no more, lest a worse thing. Oh. 
Now let's make sure we see it right. He's not saying if you sin, you're going to be sick. What he's saying is if you sin, you're going to be infirmed. And if you're infirmed, you have nothing to stand guard against the sickness that comes on you. Sin no more because if you sin, your soul will be reinfirmed. And if you're now reinfirmed, now the devil's going to come with something worse than the last time, and you will have no defense, no guard against him because your soul has been weakened again through sin. So sin no more. Unless the worst thing come upon you. So once your heart gets right, once your soul is cleaned out, once your soul has been refurbished, he said, don't get back into sin now. Because it's going to weaken you all over again. And, 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 and somebody come through with a common cold. Just a, a common cold to take you out. There's a common cold. And, and because, because, because your soul is weak, your soul is infirm, you'll hear somebody on the news saying, you know, this season it's going to be real high. The pollen count is real high. You, the pollen count is real high. You just start taking everything. Oh, my God. It's not because pollen is going around. It's not because the flu is going around. It's because your soul is weak and you have no strength to stand against the things of the devil. Your soul is weak and now fear. Now fear comes in. And when fear comes in, Fear will draw and attract and pull in and hold on to everything that's out there. It's because of the soul. So sin no more. Don't let your soul get in that weakened state anymore. Let me close here because I'm past time. Luke 15. I want to show you New Testament an example of an, ins an infirm soul and when it tries to block you from receiving. And we'll, we'll close here. I'll maybe pick this up Sunday. Luke 15. Oh, Jesus. Has anybody been helped so far? Can you see what's been happening? Can you see, can you see how important soul maintenance is? Can you see where the issue is? That God, I, I mean, they laid hands on me. And I believed. Yeah, but you believed in your heart and your spirit. But you got to get your soul. Now, I want you to see this here. I want you to see this. Then we'll, we'll, this is the cap right here for, for tonight. Luke, uh, Luke 15, verse 20. Y'all ever heard the story of the prodigal son? How many of y'all ever heard that story, the prodigal son? All right, I'm going to skip through most of it. I was going to get to the juicy part here for tonight. Verse 20. <coughs> Excuse me. And he arose and came to his father. This is the prodigal son. 
And, but when he was still a great way off, uh, Evangelist Warren preached the, I mean, the, the, the nougat out of that, the guts out of that here last year. Uh, his father saw him and had compassion on him. His father saw him and had compassion. His father saw him and had his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. So notice, what's the father's mentality? What's the father's attitude? The father has grace and mercy and favor and love and kindness. This is what's in the father's mind. First, First Corinthians two uh, talks about how um, no one knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man. So nobody knows what anybody's thinking. So the, the, the father has all this in his mind. The son doesn't know this. The son's expectation is that my dad is going to be mad at me. He's riddled with guilt. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Verse 21, and the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, now watch the issue in his soul, and am no longer worthy, no longer worthy to be called your son. Now watch, 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 Joe. When he called him father, it meant he knew that I am your son. But his soul said, I'm not worthy to be called your son. I'm not worthy of the benefits. I'm not worthy of the rights. I'm not worthy of the privileges of sonship. And when your soul is infirmed, you know by the spirit, you know by the word that God is your father and you were his child. But when there's some guilt in your soul because of some past sin, some past error, your soul will tell you, yeah, but I'm not worthy of all your blessings. I'm not worthy to stand before you. I'm not worthy to receive. I'm not worthy to be healed. I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. His soul is infirmed. He knows what he did. He knows that when he asked his father to give him his portion, that he was saying, Father, in my eyes, you're as good as dead. He knows how he sinned against his father. He knows he took all that money and he wasted it on righteous living. He knows. And the father, all the father has in mind is love. And mercy and grace and favor and kindness and goodness. Oh, forgiveness. All the father has in his mind is he wants to bless him. But the son, because of his soul being out of whack, he says, I'm not worthy to receive that. I can't receive it. I can't receive it. So you can stand here or sit here Sunday in, Sunday out, and Wednesday in and Wednesday out, special meeting and special meeting, and hear all about the great things God has in store, the great things God wants to do in you, the great things he wants to do for you, the great things he wants to do through you, and yet your soul will say, yeah, but I'm not worthy. How do I know, Pastor? Because I myself, I just over the last several months have been in this same battle right here. God, I know what I'm hearing from the prophets. I know what people are saying. I know what you're speaking over my life, but I don't feel worthy. And I've had to have this same wrestle and this same battle in my own soul to actually finally begin to step into what God has called me to be. 
because my soul still wasn't settled about all my past foolishness. And I know by the letter that God forgave. But my soul still had a little residue of the cancer of guilt. The cancer spot of condemnation was still there. And I couldn't see, no matter what was prophesied, no matter what was spoken, no matter what hands were laid on me and was released over my life, I couldn't see myself stepping into it because I couldn't receive that past my soul. And I was willing to leave what God was saying for one day. One day. And God was saying, no, son, today, right now, right now is your time. Right now is your season. Right now I want you to move in it. Right now I want you to walk in it. Right now I want you to step into your promise. I finally said, okay, God, I yield. Heal my soul. Somebody ought to just shout it, Lord, heal my soul. Been feeling unworthy, been feeling like, like I, I don't deserve your goodness, like, like I, I'm, not, I'm inadequate, like I, I don't deserve anything. Lord, heal my soul. Lord, I know what I've done. I know where I've been. I know what I've said. I know what I, what I, what I thought. God, heal my soul. Because if he heals your soul, your body will follow. That sickness that's been plaguing you for 38 years, it'll drop in a second because your soul's been healed. That poverty that's been trying to plague your life and your family's life, it'll disappear in a moment because all of a sudden your soul is healed and now you're able to receive from God. That inability to step into your ministry, to step in, you you know you got to step into it. He counts us faithful and he calls us into the ministry, but we got to step into it. And people don't step into it because, well, I'm shy. It's not that you're shy, it's your soul. You don't feel worthy. It's inadequacy in your soul. It's not shyness, baby. It's not shyness. Because in the world, you would everything but shy. You go to a party, you ever you everything but shy. It ain't, it ain't shyness. It's unworthiness in your soul. I'm not worthy to be called your son, but the father. Y'all stand to your feet. Because here's my declaration from God to you. But the Father. Tell your neighbor, I know you don't feel worthy. But the Father. I know you don't see yourself as all that. But the Father. I know you messed up. (laughs) I know you failed a few times. I know you feel like you let God down. But the Father. We have a loving father, a gracious father, a kind and generous father. The father said to his servants, 
this raggedy son. Bring out the best room. And put it on him. Put a ring on his hand. And sandals on his feet. I want you to imagine that son as he's being robed.
and all doubt and all unbelief and all fear. Heal my soul from when I was hurt by others. I'll just stay there for a moment. against the attacks of the devil. So the slightest little thing comes and takes us out. Tonight I minister Jehovah Rapha. He's the God that heals you. Jesus said the anointing upon him. He was anointed to heal the brokenhearted. I pray that Father God right now God minister to every soul. Those that are here in this room, those that are watching all over the world, wherever they may be, I pray that God that soul of man will be healed and whole so your people can receive Jesus releases to us. So the word can penetrate and bring forth fruit in our lives. So that every prophetic word we've heard can finally be given place and space to begin to manifest in our lives. God, you say you withhold no good thing from those of us who walk uprightly. step into what you have for us. We step into what you want us to do. We step into our divine callings, our divine, our divine purpose, our divine assignments, our divine mandates. We receive the divine mantles that are being released in this hour. Receive the divine mantles that are being released in this hour. Mantles of Elijah, mantles of Samuel, mantles of David, or mantles of Moses, mantles that will pass from one to another, one to another. We receive the divine mantles, Father, that come from our fathers in this faith, from our fathers in the faith. The mantle of your anointing that comes from Jesus Christ Himself. By the grace of God, we are who we are. We confess that we are nothing in and of ourselves, but by your grace, we are who we are. And you see us beyond where we see ourselves. But we need you to heal our hearts so we can step into 
God. We will go. Yes, 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 we will go. Yes, God, we will go. Yes, God, we will do your will. Yes, God, we will fulfill your purpose for us. person under the sound of my voice from financial infirmities. Whatever's been blocking the flow of wealth and prosperity allows your people, whatever has been blocking the flow of just receiving from you. We've felt compelled to just work our fingers to the bone and struggle and strain trying to make it and God that's not your plan into it, your plan. Loose your people from every physical infirmity, Father, where that soul issue is blocking the flow of health and wellness in our physical bodies. Every hindering force that's sustaining sickness in our lives, that's keeping sickness there, keeping chronic illnesses there. Heal us in our souls tonight. Those pains don't belong to us. Those sickness don't belong to us. Those conditions, they don't belong to us. Heal our souls. That we may prosper and be in health even as our souls prosper. We walk in marriages that are
build the congregation in our own lives. God, we make it our aim, our solemn vow, that we will sin no more. We will sin no more. We walk your ways. We bless you. We praise you.